Welcome to the opening weekend of college basketball, your favorite sport in the entire world. This is Colin Berenger alongside my partner, Tim Hall. We have so much to go over with the opening week right ahead. We have so much going on with different teams moving all around. We'll do a little bit of a Big East, uh, Big East outlook and see mm-hmm. what is going to change about the league because there's a lot of turnover. There's a lot of guys still waiting for waivers, unbelievably. And so much more was just the uncertainty around certain games just in this week alone. But for that, let's get into it. Five to go. Lewis has been awesome. Let's it go. Inbounds Turner, left side of the backcourt. Turner crossed the timeline, throws it from high on the right. He makes it! He hit it! He He hit it just inside of half court! Lane's on the other wing. Oh! 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 Sent it in, Jerome! (laughs) College basketball! This is March Madness! All right, so just like this season, this show's already off to a rough start. Timmy, how are you doing? <laughs> evil. I'm doing well. This is Evil Bald Colin, correct? You're, this is you, this, right? Yes, this is, this is him. Well, you know what? It's, it's going to be a wild and crazy season. I think you're going to be more evil than ever before. About 10 well, days into this season. Y- you know, I, I think I'm going to be a little <laughs> bit more understanding this year. Because like I was telling you off recording, I'm taking it as a more of a day-by-day approach because as we've seen there's about I counted about 34 35 teams that have been paused just in terms of they can't even practice right now and then you're not even considering what the Ivy League's done for the year they're not playing there's just so much uncertainty you have teams leaving the Mohegan Sun bubble you have teams coming in late you have the crossover classic up in South Dakota that's switching teams it seems like every 24 hours there's just so much going on it's hard to follow that I'm just kind of I'm taking it day by day and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be relaxed okay you don't sound relaxed. You sound very stressed out. I, I am and a little that, stressed that's okay. out. I'm not going to lie with you. That, that's okay. I think all of us college hoops heads are the same exact way right now. And uh, by the way, this is our 27th episode. So welcome. And if you are looking uh, for some of the recent things that we have done, we have a big, uh, fat Big Ten preview uh, where that was on episode 25. So if you're on your your podcast app, or wherever you are listening to us, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, But just like iTunes. everything else, that thing's almost outdated, too, with how much has yeah. changed. Yeah, but, I mean, there's still, I think for the most part, the teams that we liked when we went over that, yeah, that that's still there. The, the Big Ten is, is crowded. It, it really is. And there, there's a lot of there's a lot of good teams. Quick sidetrack, because I actually wanted to yeah. bring this up, because our guy Brian Roth, who we've had on early in the early stages sure. of this podcast, was saying today that the Big 12... And his mind was the clear away best conference in in the nation. And I was kind of I had to pause real quick because I'm like, the the it's very slim. That's like a top four teams in the Big Ten that are really good, and maybe there's just a mix in the middle. But I think it's deeper with the Big Ten. No, I I I think the Big Ten is deep. I mean, obviously you look at the strength at the top, and when you talk about the Big Twelve, the one you just mentioned where where Brian was pointing, that to. feels a lot more top heavy. Oh yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's it's Baylor and Kansas, right? Like if you were going Baylor, to Baylor, Kansas, it depends on what look Kate at the Cunningham. tiers there, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean Oklahoma State with Kate Cunningham, you can't count them out. But but Butler yeah. is Butler is phenomenal. I mean, you you take a look at uh, how we're not really talking about a Kansas Jayhawk player being 
one of the runaways to be the player of the year there. You're looking yeah, at Jared K- Butler. K- Kansas is weird, man. I, I don't know Baylor. what to make of him this year. I mean, you have Ochai Abaje and you have a, I think yeah, what, he's Marcus, Marcus Gilbert, Abaji. right? Marcus Garrett. Garrett. Yeah. Marcus Garrett. Yeah, you got Marcus Garrett, uh, the senior, Ochai Abaji, who has just been a, an athletic freak. And he's but who's going to be your go to score? That's what I'm wondering. Yeah, I mean, Dotson went and he uh, didn't get drafted. I, Which was a shame. But. Which was a shame. I've loved that guy, but you know what Kansas brings to the table. I mean, you don't even really need to spend that much time talking about him. Uh, you got Grant Foster, one of the newcomers for the Jayhawks. McCormick's who, back. McCormick was pretty yeah, good. Yeah, they're obviously going to be there, but you know, West Virginia. Uh, West Virginia, the Mountaineers, a team that we got to see they're going to be uh, really good. I everyone think. who listens to this pod knows that we're we're Buckeye people. We like the Ohio State Buckeyes, and they're a top 25 program once again. And that was one of Chris Holtman's big uh, non-conference games last year. And that was the beginning of the famous Buckeye slide. It's becoming a, a yearly tradition here in Columbus well, where if you've looked team at that, starts red hot uh-huh. and then has a big dip in January. And then they just storm back. If you looked at January so far, it's... It's not easy this year. I'm telling you, I'm a little nervous about that stretch. Yeah, I'm with you. So, so before we run away, and this is going to be, a, we've We're built this as a, a, yeah, we've built <laughs> this as a Big East preview episode, and there's really, I don't know if it if it makes much sense to do like the big giant season preview. So we've been kind of picking and choosing. You know, the conferences that we love. You know, our guy, Evil Bald Colin, he likes to give you a mid-major flavor. I actually have one of those for later on in the pod. Something about oh, my old... Oh, okay. I'll, yeah, deflect, it, I'll deflect that to you today. I want yeah, to know what you got. Yeah, yeah. I've got... Uh, it's it's something that's a little personal touch to me or a spot... That, it's a spot where I've been. I think I know, know where you're going to go. Previously in my life. So yeah. that might be a little hint. But for all you small, uh, small-time college basketball lovers, that's going to that's gonna hit you right at home. And I, I, w- I want to see this program getting back to where they used to be put it that way but we love the big east you and i both love big east basketball we've done the big 10 already and with with everything so up in the air about how the first week to two weeks of the season are even going to go and again we understand that people will listen to this podcast and they might catch it a week maybe two weeks after it's been done especially as we're getting out of off-season mode we're trying to do these a little bit more you know, regular, a little bit more on the weekly basis, because like you said, well, you kind of have just to, everything's going to yeah. change. Yeah. 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 So that's why let's, let's take a good hard look at the big East, a conference that we love. And I'll say, man, you are, you are as big of a Butler basketball fan as anybody. <laughs> and the Bulldogs are going to be fighting. This is another one of those conferences where you just, you love the style of play I, I think everybody was so worried about what was happening to the conference when the football split occurred. But to me, the essence of Big East basketball and the fans of these programs and the alums, they have held it up. You know, it, it might not get that national recognition. It might not have that kind of esteem. But I still love, you know, the TV contract that they have, the fact that the tournament still gets played for the most part at Madison Square Garden. I mm-hmm. I love this conference. It's got you know the Catholic seven, and you got an a, an all important add on a a Big East power that's back this year. So that's really cool. Yeah, this league, and I said it in the the, uh, the open UConn. That is obviously UConn. for folks that didn't know UConn basketball back in the Big East yeah, where they belong. Yeah, they should belong here, and they also. <laughs> 
I mean, they're going to have their first year back. They could, quite honestly, win this conference, depending on what we see from Villanova. But they could also have the player of the year in James Boonight, who's a sophomore guard who was really good in the AAC. Um, but yeah, this I said it in the open, but this conference is just so wide open because there's so many different moving pieces. I'm I, I, Think of all the names that you could remember from the past year or so that you really associated with Big East basketball. Most of them are pretty much gone. I mean, if you're thinking of any name on Villanova... With you, it's only uh, Sean McDermott and Kamar Baldwin. Kamar Baldwin. Those are the only two guys that well, exist. Jordan Tucker was a very good deep threat. You're going to lose Henry Badley, who was kind of a role player. Yeah. And then you lose Derek Smits, who was your seven foot one big man in the center. You're going to go a little bit smaller down in the post, but you still got some guys coming back, which is good for you. But Butler, like a, diff- a lot of other different teams, are losing so much on the offensive side of the ball that they're going to have to be defensive heavy. I, I think this is going to be a very low-scoring year for the conference in general. There's going to be a couple of teams that are kind of high-scoring. But, I mean, even with a different-looking Marquette, you're not going to see that team putting up 80-plus points a game anymore because Marcus Howard's gone. Yeah, how about that? Marcus Howard was another guy that didn't get drafted. Who was it's tough man? He was one of the defense. he was one of the tickets. He was one of the tickets, the a, a golden ticket for the Golden Eagles to see in college basketball. When Marcus Howard took the court, I think every diehard college hoops fan mm-hmm. would check on their phone to see what was going on in a Marquette game. Even if you weren't going to watch it, even if they were on FS1 and it just wasn't your thing that night on a Wednesday and you had another game, maybe you had something in the ACC that was cooking, but you always wanted to see what Marcus Howard was going to throw up points-wise because he could go off for 40 to 50 on any given night. Yeah, no, he fits in the, the category of what Miles Powell was in terms of the draft. It's like, they're, they're good. They can Love shoot. me some Miles Powell. They have range, but it's just... They still have your boy there at Seton Hall, so... Well, it depends on who you're referring to, because they did get a transfer in Bryce oh, you Aiken, know. who I really Mamu love, but Sandro Mamukilashvili, yes. yeah, Sandro, yep. Yeah, I, I like him a lot, and I, I do think that Seton Hall team is, it's going to go where, however, the progression of Bryce Aiken is, and what he is returning from his injury, his transfer from Harvard, how is he going to be, and how is he going to lead the team? Because they lost guys like Quincy McKnight, and then they also lost Miles Powell. Again, another team that lost the majority of their offense outside of Mamu Kalashvili. How are they going to replace that? All right, so I want to I want to play. Uh, before I before I play a little jump ball with you, okay. I'll, I'll give you some Big East toss ups. And okay, first off, what, th- what, what, what be, are we calling jump ball? Because I don't think we've played this before. Jump jump ball will be a new game where it could it could be about anything. We could do okay. we could do college basketball in general. Jump balls. We could hit something at the end of the podcast where whatever uh, whatever was buzzworthy in the last week. If something happened where you had two college basketball coaches that had some scandal brimming. You know, we could do a little <laughs> jump ball. Like, who would you I mean, just, just want to be? Just say Bruce, Bruce Pearl, Pearl at that or point. Bill Self. You know, that that could be a jump ball. So it's real simple. It's just a kitschy basketball term where the ball goes up. It's going to go to one side or the other. So it's okay. pretty self-explanatory how the game would work. But did I tell you that the last, li- not just college basketball game, the last live sporting event that I have been to was a Big East basketball game. Oh, yeah, and you went to that Butler Xavier game, right? I did. Me and the boy, we stayed at this amazing house in Cincinnati. It was no more than a 10 minute drive from Xavier. And wow. Evil Bald Colin and I, we work at 97.1 The Fan, big sports radio powerhouse in Columbus, Ohio. And uh, we love it here. And one of our, our national saleswomen, she is a big-time Xavier basketball fan, and her husband, who worked in the media down in Cincinnati for his whole career, uh, was also a Xavier alum. And they invited us down there, 
and we had we had tickets in our own spot. They, you know, they're the kind of, of folks evil that have like two season tickets and oh, they yeah. use them all the time. And they were they were able to help out with other tickets, which was all we were looking for, right? Like get us in the door, Our father, son will enjoy it. And uh, so they drove us down there, and we just got to soak in the whole experience. And it was I remember it was weird, and it was the funny feeling because the pandemic was coming, but it was still in that week where. We weren't ready to give things up. You know, right. we, you, you and I, we, rem we remember we had all these conversations. Mm -hmm. We kind of needed to be told <laughs> that, no, like, you can't do this now. The pandemic is here. It's ripping through America, and we got to shut down. But it, it was insane. Like, the basketball part of it, it was everything that I ever wanted. I hadn't seen Xavier's Arena yet, the Cintas Center. It was beautiful, perfect size for a fan base like that. Everything uh, that was going into senior night and then to have the game and evil's boy, Kamar Baldwin, I shit you not, if you guys remember the game, he hits a 40-footer at the buzzer. I mean, I've, I don't know if I've ever seen... In, well, I I did see the Tony Carr shot, so oh, I guess I'm I guess consider consider myself lucky to have seen two game enders like that at the buzzer, but... Kamar Baldwin also, I think, went for 40. I, I'm sure it was his career high. Oh, easily. It was just the way that he was killing him all night long, and he still got the shot off at the end and just drained it. It was insane. So that was my quick little biggie story. That's, that's the last game I've, I've been to. What was the last game you were at? That's a good question. I think it was the Illinois game, the Ohio State-Illinois game, where Ohio State came back from uh, it was a double-digits halftime deficit, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Big win for the Buckeyes. Yeah, but I did go to that game. I believe that's the last one I went to. That was a huge win. That We were feeling really good about Ohio State's team, obviously, and I know a lot of teams were when everything ended and the tournament got canceled. It's still it's painful to talk about. When I like cry a little bit like just saying that when the tournament got canceled. Oh, God. All right, but back to business. Uh, Big East preview. Evil bald Colin, he's he's a savant with all things Big East <laughs> basketball. So I'm gonna do I'm gonna start you off with a little jump ball at the top. Villanova or Creighton? Who you got? You're asking me straight up? Straight up. Oh, my. Yep. Uh, man. Okay, so Villanova is a very starting five heavy team. They're not very deep. You, you got Jermaine Samuels. You got Jeremiah Robinson Earl. You got Colin Gillespie. A very good starting yep. five. The problem is, is that they're very young on their bench, and their bench doesn't have a lot of experience. And then guys like Brian Antoine has missed so much time. Ah, man. I, I, I'm going to go with the best player on the the best player is going to carry the team, so I'll go Creighton and Marcus Zagorowski. You're going with Creighton? Yeah. Oh wow! Okay, I, I'm going to trust. Right. I'm going to trust. I'm going to trust Throwing the player of the year. I'm going to trust the player of the year. Throwing it down, the Creighton Jays beating uh, or finishing ahead of uh, the Villanova Wildcats. Now, uh, now that's you, one spot. I well, think it's one and two. I think it's between those two. Do you? I'm, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. And then there's a, a bigger tier three, correct? Like if you're oh, looking it's at a, the, the meat of the Big East, it's it's a so, pretty wide gap. Before. Uh, I was just going to ask you, do we agree that there isn't even a jump ball that I could do for the best coach in the league? Or are we feeling better about I think if you did our dude second. at Creighton when we as Buckeye basketball fans were hearing about how <laughs> he was going to become the head coach? And we're like, oh, I don't know about that. Like, that's not quite what we're looking for. Or is, is it like I said, is there no jump ball necessary? It's Jay Wright. It's the suits. It's everything. Man, I don't think it's necessary. I think Jay Wright's got it. But I mean, if you did it for the second place coach, yeah, I think you'd have a reasonable discussion there all right well uh 
what about Ed Cooley for Providence? Your I, thoughts I like on Ed. Cooley? I like Ed. I respect him a lot, but I would at least put him behind McDermott and Jay Wright at that point. All right, so uh, let me look at the the middle tier of this conference. Jump ball. It's a mess. U- UConn or <laughs> Providence? Oh, man. That's, man, that's tough. So, like I said earlier, UConn's going to be carried by James Boone Knight. He could be the player of the year in the conference. He's really, really good. The problem is, is I don't, I don't know if the rest of the team can step up for them. And I, I like what Providence is returning. The problem is, is that they are losing a lot. Uh, Diallo was a big loss for them this coming going into this year. Um, but I'm going to trust that David Duke, the guard for Providence, who probably will be their leading scorer, will take the next step. I'll take Providence Great slightly name, right? above. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> trust me. Go on. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, I, I will go with Providence. I think they got the better coach, although I love Hurley. I think he's a very good coach. I trust Cooley more to get more out of his team. All right. I like it. Continuing on. If we go near to the, near the bottom of the Big East Conference, oh man, what a mess! Jump ball, Georgetown or DePaul? Well, I have Georgetown coming in last, so I, I don't think. Oh, there you go. I, I man, it's just. I, what happened? What happened though? It. With what, I mean, isn't this so horrible for Patrick Ewing? I mean, you, you love to see a guy like that take over the program and start to turn things around, and then all of a sudden. You lose Mac McClung. He transfers out. He's going to be a Texas Tech Red Raider. This was the guy, and no more uh, Yurtseven either. So the big fella right. and your rock star gone. And now we're looking at Georgetown being a bottom feeder. That, yeah. It's no good. Georgetown does just have. They don't have a guy that they can look to and say they're going to get points from this guy. Like they're not going to get. I don't think they're going to have a focal point guy. They got a couple guys coming back that average double digits, but. I don't see it, but when I when I go down to what DePaul has, at least they're going to put up points. They're not going to defend anybody, but guys like Charlie Moore and they got a couple of uh, transfers in from smaller schools that put up about 15 points a game in their conference. Man, I, I'm going to trust the offense. I'm going to trust the offense of DePaul. Maybe they'll start off on their hot. I don't know where they go, 15 and one to start the year, or 11 yeah, and one. Something, something yeah, wild. Yeah, it was crazy. It was. It, it's not going to be that. No, it's Blue Demon basketball. It's. Man, I I don't you know. I don't coming. like. You're doing a very good job at picking teams that are pretty much right next to each other. I'm trying to stack them pretty close, you know. And then, yeah. then you've got. I shall I do it? The the last game that I saw, jump ball between Xavier or Butler. Which way are you going there? See, the problem is, is these two teams are going to want to play the same way this year because it's it's really funny how it turned out. So you have. Xavier, again, I don't trust a lot of what they have returning. I, Paul Scruggs is probably their best uh, offensive player for Xavier, but again, they're going to focus on the de- defensive side of the ball because that's what Travis Steele focuses on. But the problem is they lose guys, guys like Najee Marshall, who was on the first team all Big East last year, who was a very focal point of their offense. But then when you turn it over, we already talked about what Butler's losing on their offensive, offensive side of the ball. And then you pair that with probably their best offensive threats are their two big men in the Bryces, Bryce Golden and Bryce Enzi. Uh, Aaron Thompson could probably tr- contribute a little bit, but I don't trust them to score double digits every game, hence why they had to play those kind of mocked-up, dirty games to try to keep it down in the, the high 50s, low 60s. Um, man, if I had to pick somebody, I think Xavier's got the better go-to score, so I'll go with them. And is is Bryce Enzi, is he? The kid that transferred from Baylor? Am I getting no, that so right? No, so Bryce Andy came was he? over from, I think it was Milwaukee. It's either Milwaukee or Green Bay. 
Okay, okay. I just one of those schools. You you do get your share of guys leaving some of the bigger conferences to take a slight step step down, about at the same rate as you see guys coming from that middle tier of college basketball programs. I, I, I will up say this. I will say this. Leagues, we we, you know? we did talk about this, and I talked about this before we recorded with you. But if Butler can get the waiver, you're from right. Bo, Good Bo memory, Hodges, by the way. He was at Milwaukee. Just looking up Bryce here. Good call. In the no, meantime. but but Bo Hodges is a transfer in from that East Tennessee State team that was really good last year. That won about thirty games. And he averaged about 13 uh, points a game. Yeah. If they can get him a waiver, he can be that go-to scorer. And I think that could really elevate Butler's game. You see? Like, this is incredible. All right, so one more jump ball here. As uh, I looked at some players, you talk about newcomers as players. Jump ball between Bryce Aiken or DJ Carton. Okay, this is all going to depend on the health of Aiken, but it seems like he's okay. So I, I will give him the benefit of the doubt. I'll say he's healthy. Carton, Carton's probably going to... We know DJ. He's good, but the problem is, is we've seen that in his freshman year, he tended to disappear at times, and then he tended to play really well. So he was kind of inconsistent with that. Uh, Aiken's pretty consistent, but he did miss quite a bit of time with an injury situation, so we don't really know how he's going to bounce back from that. But it's really going to depend on whether I think DJ Carton can handle the go-to scorer option for the team or not. Um, I think he's going to be forced to. I just don't know if he's going to do it to the level that Bryce Aiken can bring to Seton Hall. So I'll go with Bryce Aiken. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw one. I'm gonna throw my own uh, out there for DJ Carton. I'll, I'll go fair. the other. I'll I go the other even. way. I think it's even. It is. They're they're both fantastic. You love the fact that Bryce Aiken is uh, is coming over from an Ivy League school. We've got we've got one here at Ohio State in Seth Towns who uh, played with him that we are we're, we're just we're equally excited to see him get healthy and it should be soon. Doesn't it just so, make you disappointed that Harvard didn't do more with those two guys healthy though? Man. It does. <laughs> I know, we we love that. I mean that's Ivy tough. League I've I've often thought about if I were just someone that lived in one of those towns that you know is home to an Ivy League school I would be the guy, even if I don't have family or anyone that was ever affiliated with that Ivy League school. I mean, listen to me. You you think I, you know, on my own would have an affiliation with the Ivy League school? No, <laughs> not a chance in hell. The only way I would be is if one of my smarter, better family members ever uh, got a scholarship or got admitted to one of them. But even if I didn't have any affiliation, I'd be a season ticket holder. I would absolutely I go you. over to every single basketball game. I think that would just be fantastic. There, there's just also something a little bit more special. Well, that's the, about the, that's smaller the beautiful thing about those uh, Ivy League games because I, I think we're, we talked about it last year, but they play those on like Friday, Saturdays, right? They play almost You're like right. doubleheader type of game. Or they play different teams, but they play back to back days. It's for travel, yeah. you know. It's it helps out on travel, and obviously they have the propensity to to pay more attention to their academics in those programs. With no athletic scholarships and, and you doing can't it that shirt. way. You can't redshirt. No red shirts. Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's what goes on. That's why you see some of these. And isn't that just even more incredible that some of these young men are getting their degrees without redshirting in just three straight years? That's incredible. Like that, that is some hard work to get done on an Ivy League curriculum to then move on. But yeah, that, that is some, some nifty things that go on there. Some of the lesser known tidbits in college hoops, how... They schedule that Friday night basketball. So you'll you'll hear us as the podcast gets into season mode, pointing out some of the uh, Ivy League matchups that are coming up for the week. But there is a uh, I think that's a big, meaty, Big East preview right there. We hit 
we hit top, middle, and bottom. We talked about some of the coaches here in this conference. I think they are. I think the top three coaches are the ones that we hit on there. So I agree. I don't think I did it back then, but the jump the jump ball would have, would be McDermott or Cooley. So can you give me a final answer on that? Because oh, that's man. the jump ball that I missed. We talked about all three of them, saying that Wright belongs on his own, but I think Cooley and McDermott would be the jump ball. Mm. And is is that a tougher one? I or, think it or is. Is that one too easy? I as think well? it is. I'll tell you what. I, I, McDermott's record in the postseason, especially in the NCAA tournament, is not good enough for me. The fact that the matter is is that while Cooley's getting in the eight nine games and he's winning about a game or so, I think that gives him more of a gets him over the hump a little bit more, but McDermott's been more consistent with his teams. So it depends on what you value more. I tend to value, obviously, what's going on in the NCAA tournament. Are you winning games? What are you doing for me? The fact that Creighton really can't get out of the first round very often kind of has a bad taste in my mouth. So I'll go with Cooley, and I think that's going to be a hot take for a lot of people, but that's just what I value. I value what you're going to do in the tournament versus what you're just doing overall. I no, I don't. I think a guy like uh, John Rothstein, the the real like insiders, the people in the know in college basketball, there there's some some mad respect for what Ed Cooley has done at Providence, and that's look. I mean, another little tidbit about me that you might not know. I have the Providence Friar, the creepy mascot. That's it has right. been my wallpaper <laughs> on my phone for the last five years. You would not believe how many people like see it sitting on you know, the bar or the table, like when a waiter or waitress comes by to take the order, I'm like, oh my God, what is that? I'm like, you don't know what that is? Like, that is the it's the angel of death right there. It's the Providence Friar mascot. He appears at all their basketball games and he haunts little kids and shows up in their nightmares for the rest of their lives. What do you, Who do you think? But Providence is not one of those teams that comes to mind instantly when you think of Big East basketball. That's why I think Ed Cooley, and what did he make? Like six NCAA tournaments in a row? That sounds about You know, right. in, the, in the middle part of the decade or something like that. And he also wasn't winning a ton of games, but I think when oh, you look you, at you what Greg McDermott started, also were... hasn't done in the tourney, kind of similar in that they, they both have been getting there a lot. Yeah. And, and McDermott has also come from a smaller conference that has stepped up. He started mm. at Creighton in the Missouri Valley, and then boom, they're in the Big East. So right. I think it's very close. I think those guys, that, that that's a good one. I think that is a good jump ball. And that kind of uh, that just kind of goes to what your personal preference is and comparing the programs and, and what each guy has done. Speaking of Providence, you know who are uh, one of our favorite people started their careers here, or one of the one of parts of their career. There. I was a big Ben Bentel fan for Providence. Ben Bentel, yes, he's back. a very good player. But um, loved Ben Bentel. No, there's a who's co- the other uh, Chris Chris Dunn too, who went yes. to the Bulls. But no, mm-hmm. who are we talking about? You're a coach. No, I was talking about a coach who started his career as or his head coaching career at Providence. A bigger head coach that yes, started his one of head our, coaching He's one of our favorite people. He's one of our favorite people. Oh, Rick. Yes. Right? Patino, Rick baby. Patino. Mm-hmm. Ricky. Yeah. That's right. Wait, I mean, one of your favorite. I mean, you don't use that term lightly when you say uh, one of our favorite people. With context. With context <laughs> depends, really matters there. Depends on the day. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's the best way to put it. Which I hate to do this is like a for the third time in the Big East preview because I, I feel like I'm just saying a bunch of things about oh you know the last thing that I the last game that I went to is a Big East game and on my phone right now is a Providence Friar mascot but I'm gonna do it since you brought up Rick Pitino yeah when he was getting his hole in one at the Italian restaurant <laughs> that is the same exact day and time where I got a hole-in-one in in golf. Oh, that's amazing. I don't know if anyone on here knew. I'm a (laughs) a diehard golfer. Love the sport. Love it. Play it whenever I can. 
I had an ace when I was 19 years old. And I know the date because how could you forget that date? It was August 1st, 2003. I can tell you the date when Rick Pitino was in the Italian restaurant doing his thing with Karen Cipher, was it? Like the who wound up That's just being right. completely nuts and mm -hmm. extorting him and the whole nine yards and had the thing involved with the assistant coach and everything and driving across state boundaries for an abortion or was it just medical expenses? I mean, yeah, that's crazy. who the heck cares, right? Oh, you call it abortion. I call it medical expenses. Oh my God. What a, what a, what a disgusting mess that was going on in Louisville's basketball program. All right. So we hit that. So uh, we were sure to, which was big East basketball at the time. No. Or was that still after they left? Uh, they would have been, yeah, they would have been in a, Either way. East, yeah. Either way, yeah. Louisville was in the Big East for a long time. Oh, good old good old Denny Crum, man. If only he saw what was going on with that program there. <laughs> okay, so how about a quick breather? I mean, I'm exhausted from that Big East preview and we'll we'll take a quick we'll take a quick look around the via uh, the beginnings of college basketball in the pandemic season and uh, what is out there. We're rolling this on November 24th in our 27th episode. So it's, it's like evil. And I've been saying this is just going to be fast and furious and things will be changing on a dime. Also have a little mid major flavor that program. I wanted to tell you guys a little bit more about and uh, things I'm seeing from them. That's all coming up quick time out here. It's mad about hoops. Timmy, I can't remember the last time I looked at a game, like a day on a calendar. And I, I always go to ESPN to find it out, but the games that I want to watch. All canceled? Was, it, no, well, <laughs> yes, but they're all hard to find because the list is huge. I mean, it feels like the, the ESPN page, you have to go almost two or three pages worth down the list to get to the complete end. Are you talking about just for, for the top 25 games? No, I'm just talking. Well, I, I like well to because watch all there's games, there's but. not a lot of ranked playing ranked, so that top 25 list is pretty huge. I just look in the, the uh, division one folder. Oh, and then oh, it goes the, the whole down. division one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're a mad. Well, you are a mad about hoops. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what this is, buddy. I'm trying to. I'm trying we got a crazy person here, everyone. <laughs> when he looks at the scoreboard, he looks at the whole division one tab. You can't do that with college basketball. You got to parse it down, buddy, You got to go top twenty five or conference that you enjoy. Come I've been on. I've been looking for ways that I can try to find some type of TV stream or whatnot so I can watch <laughs> the uh, Cal State Northridge game so that the Godfather, oh Mark, my God. Mark Godfried, I, how can I watch his game? Mark he, Godfried, he's bringing playing, NC State. <laughs> basketball back man and then killing it again and they're playing like a division two team so i was like well maybe i can check them out but um no it's that's not the baseball school is it that's not uh, that's cal state fullerton, fullerton. good fullerton at baseball what you're thinking of yeah but, fullerton. but there's yeah. A, there's some lower key games at least depending on when you're listening to this but the wednesday the first day that you can actually play games there's a really good chunk of games that are going on even that the other ones are canceled at this point yeah, so we're uh, we're talking about Wednesday, November twenty fifth. Uh, that's that's basketball day. Happy uh, Happy College Basketball Eve. If you're catching this on our recording date, it's November twenty fourth, and we know things are just going to change like crazy. So we're just looking at the you know, some of the first couple of days, first weekend. It, it's just also nuts. Like I'm sure you, you most college basketball fans, you're just you're going to have to sort of pick a couple of these holiday events that are still even happening 
to pay attention to, you got like a Fort Myers tip-off. You'll be hearing all about the the Gonzaga-Kansas game that's going to go on there. And then you got Auburn and St. Joe's are the other two teams that fill that out. St. Joe's has had uh, lots of issues, lots of troubles here, and it's been Mm -hmm. sad to see St. Joe's basketball take a dip like that because with Phil Martelli and the great backcourt they had with Jameer Nelson and Delonte West going after a one seed that year, that was awesome. That, That seems like 20 years ago, but... Uh, Gonzaga, Kansas, that's really the, the class of, of the, uh, the beginning of the week here. Uh, like we were just saying, a lot of it is just ranked team trying to get a game in against anyone that can play. You know what I mean? Like it's, you're looking at close proximity. It's why I, I find it odd. Like when I do see like a North Carolina central playing an Iowa, you know, that's mm-hmm. when I'm like, wow, like Lavelle Moton couldn't get a game, who I love, by the way. NC Central's coach, one of the most underrated guys in America. Love that dude. They're very competitive in the MEAC, and I will tell you, because I lived there at the time and covered hoops, they had nothing. They had nothing when he took that program over. He has built it up from ashes, so it's a really cool job. But they're all the way in Iowa. Like, that's a, that's a long way to go. You're just trying to get a, a little non-conference game in, but... Illinois, North Carolina, A&T, our Buckeyes, who we love, think they're going to have another hot team with Chris Holtman. A lot of turnover, a lot of change, but still really good. They're uh, playing Illinois State, who's a solid Missouri Valley uh, program. Looking forward to that one. Virginia and Towson, like that's a good regional game that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I agree. It's not UMBC either. It's Towson. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was kind of telling you in between our segments that there's a lot of like lower-level games that are kind of sneaky good. And I, the one I pointed out to you is that there was a top-25 team in Michigan. They're going to be playing Bowling Green, who was, without a doubt, the best team in the MAC last year. Like This okay. was a team that was yeah. close to winning 30 games. Justin Turner, I believe he returns. He was looking to transfer at first, but I think he stayed at Bowling Green, averaged almost 20 points a game. I wonder if they're going to give them a game right off the bat because one of the things you got to watch out for especially with the limited preseason, is that how some of these teams come out. Maybe they're slow to get out the gates. A team like Bowling Green can maybe pick them off if they're ready to go, and they've had cohesiveness with their team in the past, and they've been good in the past. Maybe they, they can get them. You know, I was uh, I was looking at this game down near the bottom of your top 25 scoreboard for uh, for the Wednesday action for the first day of college hoops. What about... Uh, well, no, Baylor and Arizona State canceled. So there, there you go. We should run through those. At the time that we're doing this, right? You already have no Arizona State, Baylor, one of the you know a couple of the best teams in the country. There, eighteen think... versus two. Duke Gardner Webb already postponed. Uh, South Dakota State Creighton uh, is is done. That's at the the South Dakota t- event, which Ohio State was once in, and it is just it, every single day we looked up, there was a team leaving and another team being replaced. I don't even know if they ultimately wind up getting the thing in Tennessee and Charlotte and uh, well, Oregon. They're playing games and tomorrow, so we'll see. But yeah, yeah, they are, and I don't know how this is all working for them. But the the game I was referring to was uh, Villanova. Villanova taking on Boston College. What when is Boston College ever going to be good again? Like, is that something that's going to happen? Yeah, when they get a coach in there that can actually coach, um, and they're not run by the mob. But um... oh, what are you, your minds in the eighties, man? <laughs> It is. Well, I mean, tell me the last time you thought of a really good uh, Boston College team that didn't have a guy with the last name Dudley on it. Uh, Ricky Dudley. I'm trying to think of my guy, the, the the coach that I'm thinking of, who would wear the mock turtleneck under the blazer. That's mm. I can't think of his name right now, but he was their coach about eight, ten years ago for a while. And oh, Boston College basketball. We know football is getting taken care of with Jeff Halfley, but basketball um i'm not so sure about 
yeah, it's a rough, it's a rough, uh, it's a rough conference to be in. Let alone if you're not a top. Yeah, uh, it's it's team. mainly about Villanova. It's mainly about well, yes. seeing Villanova right. step on the gas pedal in their very first game. Yeah, yeah. How are they going to come out? Like I said earlier, you got to see how these teams come out of the gates because there's a lot of big games right away that you're not really thinking about yet. So if they're not on top of their game. You might not get a full glimpse of what you're going to see from these teams this year, which is why I we haven't talked about it yet, but I think the biggest thing for the committee this year is it's going to be an ultimate eye test year. Resumes are not really going to be there for the most part, especially because you just don't know how many games each team's going to play and the quality of the opponents that they play. You really have to look mm-hmm. at the teams as who they are and what they're showing you on the court and take it from there. It's going to be a really interesting year, and I think that's going to benefit and we'll get into a team that you're going to talk about a little bit later about our mid-major flavor, but I think that's going to benefit the mid-majors a lot more because while their resumes not might not be there as much, if you watch the games, you'll actually get a feel of what the team is, and I think the committee has got to rely on that a lot more this year than they have ever before. By the way, I love how you just you put our guy Jim Christian in a body bag back there, <laughs> and he's got like a little... Uh, the, the coach I was thinking of, and I don't want to put him in the category because of what came out about Pat Chambers and how he just lost his gig, but right. think about Pat Chambers before we heard about that story, right? He just had such a miserable record, and he was able to stay for quite a long time. You just don't see college football coaches getting that kind of leeway, you no, know what I mean? not at all. And that's a big program. I know that Penn State basketball did not have any street cred, and maybe that's why, because they probably looked at it like, well, we've always sucked. Maybe we try giving a coach a little bit more time, and he was starting to do some things. But Jim Christian, he's going into year one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Year mm. seven, and he's 75 and 119. That's bad. And he had the, the winless ACC season. In his second year there, so Did dude you know, came from fact, uh, the, well, he was with the Ohio Bobcats, we know, and he was with TCU before that, but it hasn't gone well. Al Skinner was my guy, by the way. <laughs> Google up my guy, Al Skinner. He was at BC for uh, a long time. He actually was a, he was decent there. He won a lot of games at Boston College, and now this is what they get. And Skinner, by the way, was just at Kennesaw State up until last season, six and twenty-six, I think, did him in in uh, 2018-19 at Kennesaw State. So, really? Uh, either way. Real quick before we get to your mid-major flavor, I, I did want to bring up, did you real? I forget how many years it's been, but Scott Drew. Uh, he's at, amazing. He's at amazing. Ba- uh, at Baylor, how many years he's been there? It's been at least 15. It's between 15 to 18, I forget. But Are you wanting to know? You can look it up, but I'll just tell you the fact that he's not won a single piece of hardware named with a big 12 name on it yeah, ever that's this weird. time of year. And you would think that Drew... Because he's not Bill Self, right? Because he's not right. one of the famous pro. He doesn't coach at one of the famous programs in that league. That's incredible to me. You're telling me Scott Drew has never been coach of the year. It, uh, oh, he was in 2020. He I, just I, won I, it. I wasn't talking about. Coach. He just I, won it. I meant like tournament, like or actually regular won. season championship for the conference. Yes. Uh, well, yes. Then they, okay, okay. Well. We know the reason for that. It's because of Kansas <laughs> Win, winning well, the championship I mean, can, can, every year. Kansas, yeah. well, I mean, the tournament championship, not really. I mean, Kansas has no, kind of been no, a little bit down right. in that, and that's where you have teams like West Virginia pick those off every so often. I think Kansas would always be burnt out by the time that came around. Yeah. Don't well, you? Well, I mean, think about it All with the All that win in the regular season. Think about it with the ACC. It's like Duke never wins the ACC tournament, but they seem to always win uh, the share of the regular season crown. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, just uh, finishing up the quick look at the schedule for me. I'm looking to Saturday. You've got that Michigan State Notre Dame game that's supposed to be at the Breslin Center. 
uh, here in the opening weekend of college basketball. So that's one to look out for. You're going to get a lot of Friday matchups too with a lot of the holiday tournaments and the the carryover games. You'll get the uh, the Gonzaga Auburn game. Kansas will be playing St. Joe's and. You look ahead to Sunday, we'll get to see our Buckeyes get a game under their belts again. Uh, back to the well with UMass Lowell. Should be just a, just a chance to see what Chris Holtman and those guys can do getting off to a 2-0 and start. Houston and Texas Tech would be a game. That's going to be fun. At the Southwest Showcase. That's yeah, be fun. Fort Worth, uh, Sunday afternoon at 5.30. That's one of those other games. And uh, you get to see Michigan, another top 25 team on the floor again against Oakland. That's always a, an interesting program up there in the area, very regional for them. That's uh, I mean, they can just hop in the car with and uh, go and get that one done. But so my mid-major flavor, I appreciate you giving the mid-major flavor a segment to me this time. This is usually your love affair with all things small conference college basketball. But if you've listened very carefully to all the episodes, you'd know I was a student back in the day at Weber State, good old Ogden, Utah, the old D event center out there. What a place to watch college ball most of the time. But I'm a, I got to tell you, looking at Weber State, they competed every single year. The year that I was there was uh, Ricky Cravens was the coach, and they went undefeated in the big sky, didn't lose a single game, picked up a 12 seed in the NCAA tournament. You never, ever see the big sky champ getting a seed that high, and... Uh, I just got to say, it's not looking great for the Weber State Wildcats. Times must be changing because they went 12-20 and 20 last year, and that was a team that was supposed to be really good. I think they were picked third in their conference. Uh, these guys at uh, the three-man weave website who do a great job just previewing all things and keeping up to speed with college hoops kind of like we do, they kind of had them as their best team last year, and... I'll tell you this, they had a freshman by the name of Tim Fuller, and he's already gone. He transferred. Mm. And you know where he transferred to? Utah Valley. So okay. he goes in-state. He doesn't want to be a Weber State Wildcat anymore. And guess who the coach of Utah Valley is these days? Oh, my goodness. I've heard the name. I've heard the name. You know it in there somewhere, don't you? This is a guy, very good dancer. At the championship party, you want him on the stage, Mark Madsen. Yes! That's right. Mm. Mark Madsen. Yes, that's right. You know, back in the summer announced that Weber State standout Tim Fuller. This guy, he doesn't have great stats yet, but you think about a 6'9", 235-pound machine, a forward slash center. He is chiseled, too. He uh, he played in all 32 games for uh, Weber State, and now he's, he's not there anymore. So it's mainly a get-it-together message to randy ray sure for weber state wildcats basketball you were last in the tournament in 2016 you you went in 07 you went in 2014 you went in 2016 this is a guy that's won five big sky championships it's time to get it together so poor weber state i want to see things improve out there and we'll we'll take one more quick to evil and when we come back we will flash at you our final four picks Happy college basketball eve, everyone. A few more minutes of Mad About Hoops coming up. All right, so it's the part of the show where I did really poorly last year, but Timmy, you did pretty well. I, at least we assumed we did well. we well, don't know. But we don't we know. We didn't get to find out. But it's our final four picks. We got to do it. 
Yeah. It's got to be done, right? I've, it has uh, to be done. It's I, not the most exciting thing ever, but we're a college basketball podcast, and the season's starting. It has to be done. Those it, are the rules, it's, right? It's the toughest one of I can remember doing because it feels like there's not there's not one team, maybe outside of Gonzaga, there's not another team where it's like, surefire, yes, you put them in, you're feeling pretty safe. Mm-hmm. So let me just explain to you is we don't we're not going to go into every team because we'll just tell you this peek behind the curtain evil and I have done like a lot of just chatting in between segments here just so you know like we've been here for about four hours talking basketball but I don't think there's anyone in the world that would have that would sit through our ramblings for four hours on a single episode and there's no sense chopping it up for future episodes because it would be like really old and the stuff that's on this podcast will be old enough that you're going to find weeks down the road. So our, uh, my rule is I'll, I'll allow myself two blue bloods or two of the top dogs. You know what I mean? For right. my final four. Then I have to go outside the top 10. So anyone in that like middle portion of the AP poll. And then I have to pick one that's off the preseason poll. And that's, that's the rules I followed last year. And I also don't allow myself to pick Ohio State because I think that's kitschy and bland. And I would like the, the Holt man to maybe have that circle back to him. And then maybe he uses it as motivation to stick it to me. You know, screw, screw him. We'll, we'll go to the Final Four. I'm not going to pick that because I'm an Ohio State guy. So uh, without further ado, I am going with the two V's, Virginia and Villanova. I love the coaches. I love the style. I, I love the playmakers that are, are with the Wildcats right now. I trust Virginia basketball. So those are my two sort of top-end guys, Evil. Um, no I'm, Gonzaga. I'm I'm wow. No Gonzaga. No, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. And I'm going to stay with a – Virginia's in the name. We're just going to go West Virginia. So we have both, both styles of Virginia, regular and West. Bob Huggins and a lot of the returners that they have, the st again, style that they play. Uh, they can make you – they can just – throw you into a tizzy and into a fit mm -hmm. if you get to you know tournament time and you're not ready for that press and then boom you're done you're out and my off the board they don't have the wise man anymore but i think they're a much better basketball team that's this year fringe, and that's memphis that's, that's the memphis tigers top 25 i know i know i know they're getting votes you, you caught me there you called me <laughs> out they're a vote getter but memphis that's that's the final four Virginia, Villanova, West Virginia. Man, this guy loves things about Virginia. He must have lived there or something. And <laughs> Memphis, the Tigers. Um, okay, I said before this I wasn't going to put an ACC team in there, but I'm going to change my mind. Uh, but I'm going to give you – I'm going to do a little trade-off. I'm going to pick a team that's a fringe uh, – my third team is going to be a fringe top 10 team, but I'm going to make up for it on my long shot because I think it's a little bit longer than yours. Um, but my, okay. my top I'll two – I'll be the judge of that. We'll uh, be the judge of that's that. That's fair. I mean, it depends, depends on what you're going to do. But uh, – I'm going to go with Gonzaga and Virginia as my top two teams. I think I, I love the defense Ooh. that they're both going to present. I usually try to carry defense into the tournament and guys that teams that can have some type of perimeter shooting, which Gonzaga definitely will. So I think that's going to put them mm. over the top. Yeah. I'm still so we're both to Tony Bennett fans. We're the, the singer and the coach. Oh, we love them both. <laughs> of course. So I got Gonzaga and Virginia. Then I went, I wanted to go with a big 10 team and I, uh, I really don't feel comfortable with the Big Ten this year. I, I thought about maybe Michigan State, but I don't know if Aaron Henry's ready to make the step yet. And that kind of concerns me. So I'm going to go with Illinois because I'm going to trust Coburn and I'm going to trust Aya Desumu that they can carry the offense to the down, down the long stretch. So I, I think they're not very deep, but that starting five can do enough. 
So I got Illinois, Virginia, Gonzaga. My long shot's a little bit longer than Memphis, which is why I'm going to yeah. do this. But yeah, you I'm got gonna three go... in the top eight, buddy. So let's let's get long. I get it. Let's but... go mid major here. Let's go Loyola mid-major? or something like that. Man, I don't know if I could go. You there. owe it to us. You owe us a mid major flavor Final Four pick because you just picked three in the I top mean, eight. I mean, if if I was feeling really good, I'd I'd take my guys at Richmond and then roll with that. Oh, but I, 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 I'm Mooney. I'm not going to do that at the Sherrod's injury. Uh, what I will do, though, is I'm going to trust. I, I love picking a team that's got a one-guy carrying the team, and I think that's exactly what you're going to get with UConn because a name that I mentioned earlier oh, in this man. show, James Bunite, sophomore, is likely going to be in the running for the Big East Player of the Year, but UConn's more of a middle-of-the-pack, about a four or five range in the Big East. I think, though, that you can treat this like almost like a Shabazz Napier type of year. If Boo Knight takes okay. a step, then I think he can. I think he can carry this team to the Final Four. So UConn will round out my Final Four. Just letting you know, they're getting votes, too. Not as many as oh, Memphis. Oh, are they really? But UConn's getting votes. But that's, 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 I just wanted to point that out because you pointed out that Memphis was. But there they are, folks. They're getting less than Richmond, so that counts. There they are. They, the Final the, Four. They're getting less than Richmond. That's they, all that counts. They are. They're getting six to, to Richmond's 40, and Memphis is getting 69. They're actually like you know, no, actually, seventh, no, if you We, we said it. Richmond, but I think Northern Iowa would be a fun one, too. Because what Ben Jacobs team? Yeah. yeah. It, it seems pretty good. They're playing somewhere here in the first week. Yeah, they're part of that. Uh, the bad boys. Pentagon. Pentagon, the yeah, South Dakota yeah. thing, where every single team except for Memphis and West Virginia dropped out. And yeah, I don't even know what's going on because I'm looking at the scoreboard and games are already canceled for, for the start of that. So Yeah, I don't really we know shall a whole lot about that. But interesting enough, by the time you, know you hear what? this, you'll find out already. You, you will, yeah, uh, for the most part, unless you're a very big fan of the pod and you're listening today, tonight, as we record. Oh, the 27th episode, man. This was fun. Big, fat, college basketball eve episode. Uh, last thing I I have just, uh, any apologies, podcast apologies for the last hour that we've been chit chatting. I had to circle back and say, uh, I apologize to Denny crumb. I basically tried to date him when we were rambling about Rick Pitino and I, I basically put him at dead. So (laughs) I am sorry, Denny crumb. You are a legend. Not many people. Uh, ever have won multiple national championships at one school or, or multiple schools. Let alone, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I just I haven't heard from Denny in a long time. He stopped coaching there in 01, and he's only 83. So, oh, wow. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't think I said that, I, that Denny. I think I used the term like was, and I definitely used him in past tense, thinking, you know, without like hearing about him in a while that he might be gone. But, Denny, I'm sorry. You're, you're still ticking, and that's great for you. All right. Well, I, this is a pretty jam-packed show. We almost went an hour, but anything else you got on the table? That's it, my man. I'm just, I have to take it in stride like you. We all do, right? If you're a fan, you just got to enjoy every time you get a game. Just cherish the games, and we'll, yeah, get, we'll and, get to March Madness, and we'll hope that we, we get it about the same way that we're used to with the 6014 field. That's and pretty it. much with this podcast, man, I mean, like, everything's going to be pretty much outdated within a day or two just because of how much turnover is going on in the sport, let alone what is going with the uh, cancellations and whatnot. So uh, I'm, I'm sure we're going to be doing a lot more in terms of updates as the season goes along because, of course, there's going to be so much we haven't even touched on yet. Well, uh, these two guys, we need an outlet. We certainly appreciate Everybody that checks us out and just wants to listen to some musings about college ball because we certainly do love it. And we hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. Definitely appreciate it. Give us a rating. Give us a review. Tell your friends if they're looking for more College Hoops content. 
we are a couple of Ohio State guys, but I think as you can see, we we don't try to jam it down your throat with an hour of Ohio State hoops talk. So that's that's why we wanted Which to do this. Which we could easily do. But... We could do it, yeah. We, and we will do it from time to time and uh, when it becomes uh, absolutely necessary to. But evil, great stuff, my man. I can't wait to talk with you next week, I would assume. And uh, we're off and rolling. So everybody, enjoy your favorite sport. Cherish it. Uh, cheer your teams on. Hope that everybody can stay safe and healthy. And we will see you next time on Mad About Hoops.